The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. Speaking of rock and roll, Corey Taylor of Slipknot and Stone Sour loves today's guest. He's the one who told me all about it. It's his favorite wrestling company. Talking about Freak Show Wrestling out of Las Vegas. Remember this pretty little ditty? Frankin' chicken! He's a bad mother clucker! Frankin' chicken! Bop, bop! Frankin' chicken! He's a bad mother clucker! Frankin' chicken! Bop, bop! Frankin' chicken! He's a bad mother clucker! Frankin' chicken! Bop, bop! Frankin' chicken! He's a bad mother clucker! Frankin' chicken! Bop, bop! Franken chicken, he's a bad mother clucker. Franken chicken, ow, ow. That's right, Franken chicken is real, and he exists in Freak Show Wrestling. You're going to hear all about him from his creator, his promoter, and wrestler, Sin Bodhi. Founded Freak Show Wrestling. He's going to tell us all about it, telling us all about his crazy promotion, characters, matches, uh, characters like Drugs Bunny, Scorch the Clown, Andrea the Giant, that's good, and the time he had the ghost of Whitney Houston take on the ghost of Michael Jackson in the ring. It's great stuff. You might also remember Sin from his short-lived run at WWE when he was Kazarni. You hear that whole story as well, how he got signed to WWE to the development of Kazarni to working with the great Dusty Rhodes and learning to actually speak Carney. And then the reason why his WWE run was cut short. Of course, Sin also grew up with Edge and Christian in Canada. They were great friends in high school. He used to go to wrestling shows together. They're still friends to this day. And you got to check out Freak Show Wrestling when you're in Las Vegas. They got a big show coming up. Freak Show Slam, Saturday, June 23rd at the Fremont Country Club. You can get your tickets at FreakShowWrestling.com and wait till you hear what Sin's planning for later this summer. It's a huge show he's working on with Hood Slam in Oakland. Sin's going to share some details coming up. So here we go. Freak Show Wrestling with Sin Bodhi right here and talk is Jericho. Franken chicken, he's a bad mother clucker. Okay, first off, uh, I'm here with Sin Bodhi and we're in Las, uh, Las Vegas. You walked in with uh, a gimmick bag, a fanny pack. Still rocking it? Hell yeah, brother. I figure I travel so much. I'm always wallet, phone, keys, wallet, phone, keys. And I'm just a neurotic, artsy, fartsy guy. So I thought I'm going to bring back the styles <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer it out. And I figured I got to do it ridiculously because it's a ridiculous thing. It's, as it is. it's like a, it's like a psychedelic cat. I've had I so many it. like I'll get big scary bikers coming up to me in like airports or gas stations. Be like, bro, if you're crazy enough to rock that, I don't ever want to mess with you. Like, <laughs> so it almost turns into like a sweet like force field, you know. Like, <laughs> and I saw you last time. I saw you had hair, and now you don't with a lot of tattoos. And um, you were about to tell me a story. I said, stop. Wait till <laughs> we're actually talking on the air. Right. Tell me the story behind you uh, being bald. 
Uh, so, um, well, I am not bald, sir. I have a sweet head of hair that I never have to comb again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, way back, I just, I remember, like, even from, like, when I had, I had long hair since I was, like, a little teeny bopper. Yeah. And I just thought, if I was ever going to cut my hair, I was going to do some, like, Bam Bam Bigelow shit, you know? With the tattoos and, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, so, years down the road, I'm an old gnarled up wrestler, and i tired of having heels and baby faces yanking on my hair for a living. So I thought... Um, I want to do something nice for Locks Love and uh, like uh, a couple of good buddies of mine. Like uh, one dude I learned a lot from who wasn't any big famous wrestler. Like I've learned a lot from a lot of famous guys, but this dude, Elvis Elliott, who's an indie wrestler. Elvis Elliott. Elvis Elliott. Shout out to Elvis. Where is he based out? Hell yeah. He's in Orlando. Okay. A uh, great guy. Great worker. He was trained by like D'Lo and Al Snow like way back in the day. Gotcha. And he, t you know, we wrote together and he was one of the few guys that I could say stuff to and he wouldn't just go, oh Yeah. Like he'd say, that's cool, that's dumb, that's cool, don't do this, do right, this. Right, right. Like he would tell me straight, you know? And I really learned a lot from him. He was a nice dude. And so, I mean, as good of a wrestler as he is, is sort of superfluous to this story. Yes, I know what that means. That's a great word, man. Yeah. Jeez, you came in here on fire. It came yeah. in hot, brother. And I know, I know words. <laughs> and so anyway, so he uh, is a stepdad. And he's probably a better stepdad than a lot of dads or dads. Right. So he's just a cool dude and he's got a great family and he's got two awesome stepkids and they both had to deal with cancer. Oh, wow. And his little boy, and they're both like the daughter and the little boy, the son are super sweet kids. And I just remember thinking, man, what could I do for somebody that, you know, you know, I was, I always think of that Superman two movie, like well, with all these powers, what could I do? I couldn't even save Lois, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, fly yeah. around the earth. Mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and since I can't fly around the earth, I just thought, man, I could, I could chop two feet of hair off for some kid, you know? And I just thought that'd be cool. And, Again, my inner wrestling markiness thought I need to have Brutus Beefcake do this. So we did it on Freak Show Wrestling. Br and, Brutus uh, Beefcake. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Brutus the Barber. Yeah. So, so you wanted him to cut your hair off. Yeah. Well, I thought like everybody that I'd have on Freak Show as guests, like road guys, were all like buddies of mine. So they came on, to, you know, for a good time. And they'd always knew they were in for some shenanigans. Like I had John Morrison dress up as Jesus once and he wrestled Santa and just dumb stuff like that. Yeah. Gangrel and like a barefoot mousetrap match with this like comedian with a you know a, a Zach Galifianakis impersonator with a baby being thrown at him so all these guys are coming in with a sense of humor Beefcake was the only guy that I just met briefly like I didn't know him he wasn't like a pal of mine I just saw it hair barber Beefcake made perfect mathematical sense in my right. brain and so he was cool he came in and he did it and uh we were laughing because I was wrestling PJ Black, who's very fast paced you know really great wrestler and we literally put, he was uh was his name in WWE um uh, uh oh gee he was in the nxt original nxt invasion i want to say justin justin scandal gabriel some, justin gabriel that's some, it some, 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 some. james jesterson <laughs> justin yes yes high, high fly high fly mcflyerton yes <laughs> james uh justin gabriel was his name yeah and he was super cool he came in and uh beefcake was the referee and i think i think we blew him up like he we up and down we're going for Pin after pin, we don't want to lose our hair, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're going for those that that quick win. And Beefcake's like up and his brother, you guys are killing me. <laughs> He's like, I'm working really hard here. <laughs> you just sharpen those scissors. Yeah, exactly right. But so um, he came in and cut your hair. Yeah, he was really childhood cool. dream come true. Yeah, dude. I I, I got to mark out, and then I I thought I got to do something cool for some kids. That's I cool. That no, no, it's interesting because um, a lot of people might not know this, and I met you because you grew up with. Adam Copeland and Jay Reese, I sure did. And Christian, and you guys—is this a shoot? You actually grew up together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The we, same high school, or we grew up in the same town, Orangeville, just outside of uh, Toronto. 
and we went to high school together. We were all thick as thieves. I was like joke. I'm like Eddie Murphy. I'm like the, the fifth black beetle. I'm like the edging Christian that you don't know about, you know? I'm the guy that's off. Clarence. Yes, I'm totally. And that's cool, you know? And it was funny, like, um, I look at Adam and Jay as more like buddies. Like, I could, you know, I, I think if I was kind of a politician or something, I would bug them a lot more than I do. And I just don't ever want to do that. I bug other people. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. bug other people. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Can I yeah. your podcast? Yes. Okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they just, uh, you know, anytime there's like, you know, maybe a family thing or something, whatever, that's where we lean on each other. But we yeah. really don't talk a whole ton about wrestling. Like We loved it. We grew up together. Mm-hmm. But I think we all kind of took very different paths. So I, I almost am uncomfortable to talk about it. When they bring it up, then I'm definitely down right, to talk right, about right. it. But otherwise, I don't want to, you know, I'm not a prying, I'm a it's, polite Canadian, you know. It's hard in certain ways. Like, like for example, just off the top, I had a really good friends with Eli Roth. I've known Eli for 14 years. Cool. Really good buds. And I was like, why don't you ask Eli to put you in one of his movies? And I'm like, it doesn't work that way, dude. Like, you can't ask a good friend, totally. hey, put me in one of your movies. Like, he knows where to find me. If something ever comes up, he'll call me. And if not, it's not a problem, you know? Edge and Christian know where there's a really handsome, talented clown at their disposal. They can bug me whenever they want. Whenever they want. Exactly. Exactly. And I and it's, it's weird too. Like I even, I mean, remember like texting you before, like just, you know, you're a dude that I could, you know, ask advice for. And right, right, right. I'm sort of the old grizzled guy on the indie scene where like, I am the guy that scarily people ask for advice. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to have, you know, brothers that are more experienced and seniority and that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, to, to lean on, I, mm-hmm. I would, hell, I would like to be that guy every day. Right. You know? So when I do get that, and not that I know everything as far as like being on an indie scene or whatever, but it's nice to know I have people that I can ask questions. Did you guys to used to or... go to the matches together when you were teenagers? Yeah, or... we. I can remember vividly these fans jumping on like Shawn Michaels limousine. I remember like Jay will do a funny impersonation of this like East Indian kid, like Michaels, please, Michaels, I love you, Michaels. <laughs> and we're like at the guardrail, just kind of like giggling, watching these fans going nuts. And we loved it, but we were kind of you know we had our our couth, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, we went to lots of shows. I remember um, growing up as like sort of like a naive little Canadian kid. I remember like the first time I ever heard a public school teacher swear, my mind was blown. <laughs> and then I heard we were at Maple Leaf Gardens, me and Adam and Jay, and we were we were pretty close to front, but we were like right against where the, the like the walkway, and we were maybe a few rows back. And I'll turn that off for you. I'll be a professional. It's like an angel. Oopsie daisy. I usually have like a cat meowing and people are like, what the <laughs> kitten? Like, are they going to step on something? It's so funny how cats are a thing now. Brother. Right? Oh, I'll t- I'll, I'll, a side story. Um, so I rescue a lot of animals. I do all that stuff. And so we were in the in the vet getting our one little pooch that we got for Christmas. We rescued this dog out of uh, New Mexico. And when we're taking him in, there was this little one-eyed cat. And nobody wanted it. Somebody had beat it up, starved it to the point where it lost wow. its eye, did all this awful stuff. And all my weird craziness. I would never think to hurt an animal. Of course. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a different level of crazy. Dude. Yeah. And uh, so the little girl cat and me and my stepdaughter had argued over the name of like the, the pooch that we rescued. So, of course, I caved in and we, you know, we met. I, we, we negotiated. Yeah. You know, so she had some goofy stupid little kid names and i had some cool guy wrestler names so we ended up with ox baker wiggle beans <laughs> and uh, so this cat we named it mr fuji nice mr fuji pizza pants and uh, that was our negotiations and so yeah just uh, cats and dogs i just all animals i'm just massive like, yeah. massive so, so you're talking about adam and jay at the garden so yeah, the first time I heard, I heard one of the Bushwhackers swear and it blew my mind because we were just used to like, you know, Uber PG, <laughs> WWF Saturday morning, 
and I remember they were wrestling Demolition, and it was just when Crush had sort of arrived, and everybody was like, oh, my God, this guy's like 10 million feet tall. Mm. And they, uh, so I want to say it was Crush pressed Luke, and we're so close, and we could hear Butch go, oh, shit. <laughs> and we're like, did he just swear in front of kids? Oh, my God. That I remember awesome. I went. Uh, I used to go to the matches with uh, my dad, AWA, and I'll never forget, like, you don't know when you're a kid if it's real or not, especially back sure. then. And I'm still I, not sure. I'm sure not sure. And Scott Hall, uh, somebody gave somebody a backdrop. And Scott Hall was on the apron side. And he went, holy shit, that guy went. Holy shit, you see how high he went? Right. And I remember my dad and I were like, did you hear that? Holy shit, did you see how high he went? Yep. It's almost like, wow, you get like inner, the, you know, inside the, the sports type thing. It's funny, like, what sticks with you and what sort of pop, yeah. like, not necessarily pops you, but just something that resonates, uh, something as silly as that. Like, I remember Mr. McCormick, grade seven, he said the S word. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, my mind is blown. He's a yeah. public school teacher. He's The fabric so, of time is going to tear. So when they started getting into the business, were you trying to get into it? I, I seem to remember you were a few years later, maybe, or something. Yeah, Adam. So Adam did that whole essay thing with Ron Hutchinson. And he grew like me and Jay were runty. Like Adam kind of had this early growth spurt. Right. So yeah, Adam went and did that. And then me and Jay talked about it. But again, we were still used to like WWF early morning stuff, like where we thought you had to be like 18 feet tall just to be a referee or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Back in those days, that was the case. Too. Yeah. And so we sort of talked about, you know, if we got into college or not. And then how it worked out, Jay went and trained and I went off to school and I hated it. And then I followed suit, you know, a couple of years later and. So I was always sort of like, I was sort of the, the green guide of like the three buddies. I was like the, the green. Couple steps behind. Yeah, always, always. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And I want to talk about a lot of different stuff, and obviously you're kind of the proprietor of Freak Show Wrestling here in Vegas, and that's just the whole ridiculous, crazy thing. Corey Taylor's favorite uh, wrestling right. company. But I want to talk quickly. You're wearing a shirt that says Kazarni Sizox, which is really funny. Do you sell that? Yeah, I sure you do. Sell, I yeah. sure do. Undefeated WWE. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you were like, oh, I remember they used to have you come for tryouts. Adam and Jay were always talking about our friend Nick, our friend Nick. And then, and once again, like, and, and you can spin anyone, but the bottom is you made it into the WWE, which is really hard to do. Sure. And whether it's a great gimmick or a shitty gimmick, or you're there for a day, you're there for 20 years. Right. You got in, and it was like almost like how, like, I remember they're always talking about you. It took a long time for you to get get signed. Sure. How did you finally get signed there? Um, well, I think like Adam definitely helped open that door. He 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 opened it and I kicked it in. And uh, I think like you know people can joke about all this stuff. Like I got saddled with a gimmick I didn't want, you know. But I I wasn't that squeaky wheel. I wasn't taught like that. Like you're you know sure, Hutchinson sure. taught us like do what you're told, you know. But how many trials did you get before you finally got signed? It was a lot. Okay, so how it sort of worked out was like way back when I first started, Adam hooked up a dark match and I had no business being in the ring. Like if I was in the ring with somebody who could lead me, I would have been fine. 
but they put me in with another guy that was equally as green and he got super nervous what and I just name? his name was Flesh Gordon. I remember this Flesh Gordon. Flesh Gordon. Yeah. Nice dude, looked good, but he you know It was not good, right? Yeah, he, you know all of his he's a great human being but just was not a good worker mm. and neither of us I mean were you know brand new and he got super nervous and I just like I make a career out of leading you know, greener guys on indie shows like that. Now I do. But now then, I can do it in my sleep. But then I didn't know what to do. And I tried to, you know, the more I kind of handled it, the more we were just in quicksand. And it was just, I would think the galaxy's worst dark match ever. And it just, just put a, just such a black mark on, on me. And, you know, I remember even Larry and I just being like, man, that hurt you. I'm like, sweet, right. <laughs> awesome pain. Yes. And so, I just went away, kept on learning my craft, and I th I literally told myself, I'm gonna be in a bad mood until I get a job. Mm. That's, I was gonna have a chip on my shoulder and just, and I always, my little nicey snow Mexican-ness, you know, always like prevails, and I, I always would find myself trying to be in a good mood, trying to always, you know, do what I need to do, and I just thought I needed to do that, but I was just so, so hell-bent. bad mood for like a Brother, year? I was in a bad mood for like 100 years. Like, <laughs> And um, let me just say quickly, something that a lot of um, younger wrestlers, if they're listening, Everybody always wants to try out, wants a dark match. Sure. Dark. If you're not ready, don't do it. No. Even if it takes five years, if you're not ready, because one bad match sure. could stamp you to where you never get another shot. That that put a massive, like, it just put a massive right. wrench in everything. You see the name, oh, we saw him before, it was terrible. Right. Well, he's much better now. It was two years ago. Eh. Right. You, you have to make sure it's that famous thing. You only get one chance to make sure, the first impression. Sure. I remember Raven has reminded me over the years of, <laughs> like, you know, my, my good stuff and my bad stuff. And I remember him, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago on a show, and She's like, eh, you're really good now. Too bad you weren't good when you needed to be good. <laughs> like, Thanks, man. All right. You know, thank you. Did anybody say anything to you after, like any of the Asians or anything? They gave me advice saying, you know, you just, you're way too green and you were in there with another green guy and the, the situation sucked, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. They said, go away and learn. Right. And they, I mean, I remember him, I remember Laronitis saying, uh, you know, go to Puerto Rico, go to every, every place you can go. I mean, I went to Puerto Rico within the month. And across the pond, you know, where wherever I could go, like I mean, Adam so and Jail kind of joke. Yeah, so everything. Doing England, you're doing all those places. I was like Bugs Bunny in the car, just like you know, you see him on the map. He's just squiggling <laughs> and wiggling all over the place, dude. Indiana Jones, brother. Who were you wrestling under? What was your name? I was Sin, which is I remember. I I don't know if you remember this. Why would you? But. I remember where you were like, that's an awful name. Like, you're like, you're such a creative dude. I know you're an artsy dude. Why'd you come with that stupid name? It's so simple. Well, get two ends on it. Right. <laughs> and I remember telling you a couple of the dumb ones that had crossed my mind. And I remember saying like evil Elvis or something. And you're yeah. like, that's way better. You asshole. You know? Yeah. And, um, I think I came up with it cause I'm a lot better at sometimes putting other people over. Like I could talk up Adam and Jay all day. I'll, I'll do what I need to do in the ring, but just as Nick or San or whatever, I am not the awesomest spokesman for myself. I can mm -hmm. plug Freak Show, I can plug the workers they're right. in, but just to be like, hey, you should see what I can do, and I'm just, I'd rather just show you. Gotcha, you know? right. And so Hutchinson was like, we need you to start as a bad guy, which he kept on telling us, you always start as a good guy because then you can learn and listen and you know be led. And he's like, but we're at a shortage of bad guys, so think of something dastardly, we're gonna put you on next week. And I said, okay, and I, I think I came up with Sin because it was in my weird artsy hippieishness. I thought it's the only thing that bonds us all, you know, gay, straight, Muslim, Jewish, what astronaut, Martian, whatever we are. Sin is the only yeah, that's interesting yeah. thing. So right. that's that was my silly little take. And then Chris Jericho told me it was the shit. So I'm like, <laughs> <"F> <laughs> um, 
So you're traveling around the world. You're, you're, you're getting that experience that you need. Yes. And then how long is it before you finally get another trial? Uh, so I went... I went to TNA and I got hired at TNA. So I was Did there. For, yeah, I was there for a while. I and I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was part of the new church with like Jam, Jim Mitchell and Wolfie D and Shane Douglas and those guys. No so kidding. I learned a lot from those guys. I was really proud of that. I had a lot of fun with that. Like we had the audience chant, like the chant evil, evil. We come out all the red lights and it was sort of the precursor to abyss. Like mm -hmm. I was there like that early. Right. And then, um, then I just kind of hit the road and, and then uh, I wrestled Al Snow a bunch of times on indie shows. And he was just like, man, he goes, you know, you've got some really good instincts. You got a great look, and you're a good guy. He goes, "Why don't you come to OBW, and then you could you could kind of get in there with some big, big, huge guys that I really don't want to get in there with, right. and you could kind of take the licks and kind of you know learn and be on the OBW TV, which Vince would see." And he's like, "I I think you'll get a job." Right. And so, eventually, so that's what I I did that, and then six months after being at OBW. I got the gig. Mike Bucci hired me. I was his first hire. Sorry, Mike. Uh, supernova, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. My bad. <laughs> um, and yeah, I went up and then... Because uh, you, the thing is, like, the, the, the Kizarni is based on being a carny, right. being a circus freak. Sure. Because that was always the side of you, like, even though you're wrestling and now you're super tatted, tatted up. I don't think about it. You always had done these, like, circus-type stunts yeah. from what I remember. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for Did a long time. For the hell of it? Or? Uh, I agreed to do it. Like, I always liked it, and I just never thought kind of to do it. I, my head was in wrestling. But did you just do it, like, at home just for fun? No, I um, I was, I met this dude on a movie set. We did this really silly, uh, like, lucha horror movie called Enter the Zombie King. And <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. Yeah, and we met. Uh, I met Scott uh, McClellan, who runs Carnival Diablo in Canada. Really cool show, and he was sort of out a strongman, and he needed one. He had he like what? a strongman, a strongman. And so I was, you know, I, yeah. I'm like the despicable me version of me now. I used to <laughs> used to have muscles, and you're like a junior Braun Strowman. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, once the cooties ravaged my body, I am now. This is what you get. And um, so. I kind of thought, well, maybe this is something that Vince might like. I think he likes carnival stuff. And, you know, I always kind of heard that. And, you know, wrestling in the carnival was sort of hand hand. one and the same. And I thought, this can only enhance what I'm trying to endeavor to do. And so I agreed to do it. And I learned a whole ton of stuff. And it was really cool. And then I started kind of thinking of my own stuff eventually. And eventually I went and, like, I wrestled, or wrestled and performed and did sideshow stuff for, like, Jim Rose Circus and all that. So that's sort of like, Jim is like the Vince McMahon of sideshow yeah. and freak show stuff. And so I thought, okay, well, that'll be all good. You what know. kind of stuff are you doing with Jim Rose? Human dartboard. Uh, I could bend an iron bar in my teeth. I would get uh, lots of stuff between the different things. And then I did my own sideshow, Dynamite Death Monkeys, which was fun. So what's the crazy thing? A human dartboard, so you just stand there and people throw darts at you? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, just basically. That's the, make that's, it, you make it sound. Yeah. It yeah. seems a little crazy, but I'm sure there's a lot crazier stuff. Yeah. One of the weirdest things is um, I used to get like all jacked up in an electric chair and they would like legit like electrocute me. And Ooh. if you actually, if you go and look, at, if you like just YouTube, one of those old Kazarni uh, vignettes and you'll see, it looks like I'm eating fire, but it's not, it's actually reversed. What's happening is I'm in an electric chair and I'm, the current's going through my body and they hold up uh, an unlit torch dipped in gasoline. And I stick my tongue out, and the current from my tongue ignites the torch. For real? Yeah. Wow. So those Kazarni things, it looks like I'm eating fire for like a half second, but really I'm in a chair, and they're wow. close up on me. And those were just the barely the clips that they could show, because when we filmed all that stuff, Vince was like, I can't show anybody this stuff. It's scary as crap. You're going to give kids nightmares. <laughs> and so they used a lot of B-roll footage from like the other guys that looked a lot more sort of PG-ish or uh -huh. whatever. But 
I would think the electric chair was probably that most heavy. That's crazy. Thing. So when you when you finally get the gig, is it up to you to pitch this gimmick or? Okay, so how I did it, and I don't know. You could you could tell me if this was right or wrong. I mean, I guess we both kind of know the answer now. <laughs> but I was always like, you know, try to be polite, be helpful, but I didn't want to ever be overbearing. I didn't want to like run and be like, well, this is what I can do, all this stuff. And I especially just, when you first get in there, yeah. sure. So I just said, you know, I know he wanted me to do the carnival stuff and i said like look i understand that i'm the weird character so if it helps you guys i can do there's stuff i can do if you want to know or you know however i can help you please ask me or and i can give you stuff if you would like and they said yeah sure so i, I you know i give them stuff and every time they'd sort of crumple up that metaphoric piece of paper and throw it over their shoulder yeah. nothing really got done and i just even like now like teaching and stuff like i tell guys like hindsight like a lot of teachers or coaches they either don't know or or won't say about hindsight like you know what do you do when you really go there you know i mean i i can say that not that being a black belt's any big whoop or whatever can hold up your pants but i mean i was a pretty heavy duty martial artist i was a bouncer all this stuff like i'm not chuck norris but i could hold my own right and when i went to wwe i was i felt like a little kid i just felt like Oh my God! I, you know, there's a, a horseman. So big. Yeah, well, it just and again, the little kid in me that had watched all that gotcha. WWF Saturday morning, like it turns you from ass kicking world traveler to little kid who just wants to comply and be, you yeah. know, noticed and helpful and whatever, as opposed to being like, uh, I don't want to do this or I don't think I should do this or. Well, you have to earn that right too. Sure. You know, it just doesn't. It might take a while to get to that point. Sure, and I was totally prepared for that, but I think I just went in it into it with. A massive dose of naivety mm -hmm. where not realizing like okay just because this certain guy is you know famous or uh, maybe an agent or something or whatever doesn't mean that he's necessarily completely correct right yeah. and and so i just listened to everything i could do and just try to do everything with a smile like i wish my hindsight was i wish i said to vince on my first day hey man if this gets me in hot water i'm sorry but i just i gotta tell you like i could do something different please let me put my money where my mouth is you know let me you, not do did, that but did you pitch the circus I told him about the circus stuff, which he was totally cool with, and I was totally cool with. I just, the name and speaking all the carny gibberish, I just thought, I mean, he wanted me, Vince totally wanted me to be a good guy. All the agents, all the writers, everybody was just like, uh, dude, you're kind of totally a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt. And at the time, I really wrestled as a bad guy. Like now, I'm nine out of 10 times I wrestle as a good guy. And all my right, crazy, right, right. weird, like even D'Lo would joke, he's like, how does a guy that wears the John Wayne Gacy looking <laughs> face, how is he a baby face? But just a comment on sure, you know, society. Course. Yeah, exactly. Now I in my sleep, no problem. But then I was pretty much a heel, you know. So he wanted me a good, be a good guy. So they kind of spit me out like that. And and I just, I just wish I had just said, hey, could I start? Please, could I start as a bad guy and earn the right to be a good guy? And what was his vision for the character? I think, I mean, I remember him saying something about Undertaker with a smile, like he wanted me to be Joker meets the devil kind of a thing. And he was like, man, he's like, you got a great smile. You got wild eyes and a you know big crazy smile and you know and. And we got along really well. Like we had a really fun sit down and all that stuff. And and I think I use it's probably all my it is all my fault because I use the word carnival instead of sideshow or freak show. I just thought I put it in terms that he would wrap his brain around in wrestling and the carnival and so forth. So I said carnival. So of course he comes up with Kazarni. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be a good little soldier. I was always taught, you know, take what they give you, do what you're told, just do it as best as you can. And so visually, I chose to be that and. But all the like the spots I would do were all I had healer spots. I had to like rethink everything, which would have been fine. I just was kind of thrown to it, and 
was getting mixed match signals from all over the place. And I remember walking through Gorilla for like that first match with MVP. And I looked at Dr. Tom and I was just like, I shrugged my shoulders like, what do I do? You know, and he just looked at me like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, great. Dr. Tom doesn't know what to do. We're, we're screwed, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I just, I did. I just tried to do everything that I was told. Because there's a lot of vignettes too, like you mentioned, the kind of the circus. Right. But then you spoke Carney. Right. Okay, so that's another thing. So being a babyface, you know, he wants me to speak nothing but this Carney. Well, that's aggravating after me. A good guy doesn't need to be aggravated. A bad guy could be aggravating. (laughs) You know, good guy, not so much. And I thought like... And Carney, just if you're listening, is like you stick an Izzy in the middle of like, hey, Nizik, it's Chris's Jezerico, his ear doing the Pizzog disaster. Something like that, right? Yes, yeah, for shizzle my nizzle. <laughs> now, like rappers use. It. I've had dudes come up to me and say, yeah. I, had, "I remember this blingy, uh, this brother all blinged out came up to me in a gas station after the vignettes were just airing, and he's like, yo, yo, Kazani for shizzle my nizzle.' <laughs> and that's where it came from. But that used to be the secret language of wrestling. Yes, for years, even when I first started, wrestlers would only speak Carney totally. in front of the Mizarks. Right, 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 yeah. And I made the mistake of when Vince was just like, he goes, so. I thought of this thing. I, I want you to be Kazarni. He's like, he's like looking around like it's some important secret stuff that he's unloading on me. Like he's like, it's Carney for Carney. You get it? And I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> he goes, can you speak Carney? And my biggest mistake was saying Yizes is like Kizan. And he's like, oh, wonderful. Here we go. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. But see, you're not the first to get a gimmick. Like we, were, I was just had uh, Kane on the show. And we were talking about Isaac Yankum, sure, which could possibly be the worst gimmick ever. And it's not something you can really get over. And it's a one-trick pony, sure. much like Kazarni. Sure. Did you have a chance to get this over? Because I don't remember. I remember you not. I wasn't there when you were there, but you didn't stay very long. No, I was in developmental for a little while, and I wrestled with Sinbodi, which was I looked like what Kazarni looked like, and I was I was a fun bad guy. Right. You know, sometimes I was scary. Sometimes I was funny. I just really depending on who I was working is how I would adjust what yeah. I was going to do. And I really didn't have a whole lot of experience just being a good guy. Like out of the, the few years that I'd wrestled up until getting the job with WWE, I was 99% a bad guy. So they bring me up. Everybody's confused. Vince is angry at, at whoever for just like, well, I think he's a bad guy or I think he's a good guy. And everybody thinks, he's, you know, so he was frustrated with that. But we got along fine. And I said, I'll be a good guy. I just, you know, I want to do a, a, you know, a good job or whatever. But we filmed those vignettes like in one day at a carnival at the World of Wonders and some state fair someplace. Yeah. So I wasn't there, like, you know, I wasn't backstage, I was in Florida, and I'd flown up to do these vignettes and I flew back and I was just doing Florida, like FCW shows. And then when I brought up, uh, I, I did a bunch of like live events, but really hardly like any TV. And then I was supposed to debut and then I wasn't, and then I was, and I wasn't. And then Vince just got hot one day, it was just like, he needs to do, why do you mean he doesn't debut? Put him on and they kind of stuffed me on and I was, I think whoever was programming it kind of just shoved me in and I ended up being sort of a prefix to one of the MVP storylines where he was like on a losing streak. And so he's like, oh, geez, who am I going to wrestle? Just whoever it is, bring him out. So out I come. So so he's getting that babyface sympathy. And it was at the IZOD, which I guess is sort of notoriously a heel crowd. So I think confusion was my only friend that day. It was like the third hour of a four-hour taping, so people are tired. I'm wrestling a guy who's turning into a babyface, so they have sympathy for him. And I look creepy, so I look like a bad guy. So, okay. So, like, the match was fine. It was nothing, I don't think anything wrong with the match, per se. I think it just wasn't what a debut match should have been. Right. Like, I should have, like, killed, I don't know. Yeah, yeah sure. Somebody in, like, 10 yeah, seconds, yeah, right, right. you know. Done something creepy and, you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, my, okay. So, I'll I'll paint a picture for you. This was what I suggested 
and they were just like, that's awesome. And then they didn't do anything. So instead of becoming out to a jumbotron of just digital Ferris wheels and squeaking out a victory, a 10 minute victory over a guy on a losing streak. Yeah. My suggestion was like, come on, instead of any kind of pyro, have like all like the black and purple. Like, do you remember like the old Star Trek smoke or Flash Gordon smoke? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just have like <laughs> unicycles and midgets and cats and Make penguins. Make a big thing and, about it, yeah. Yeah, and just come out almost in the very like Batman 2, Danny DeVito mobile, you know, like a big duck or a big something you know whatever some weird thing and not even see me and have like babyface being like what the hell and have like kind of like the sunroof open like a hot box and him look under and have a big boxing glove pop up and you know that kind of stuff and then i would come as he was selling the boxing glove and come one two three you know bing bomb boom one two three yeah yeah which is cool like you mentioned if it's undertaker with a smile and they've never done that a big creepy circus right clown freak show entrance to fit it i mean you know like there's definitely elements of like you know doing could also i mean there's a million different things that i sort of like drew from yeah but even today i mean like maybe they wouldn't have saw the doing thing then maybe more so now i guess it's the obvious it's like right. saying every white guy with a black ponytail looks like steven seagal so <laughs> everybody in clown paint they're all clowns you know so yeah but i just that's that was what i pitched and i th i thought it was you know that would be visually pretty intriguing and then too like again if i was just a bad guy if i was a fun bad guy for any length then that would by proxy kind of flip me into a baby face and mm -hmm. but they didn't want to do that and going back to those old matches of like you know maple leaf gardens where like me and adam and jay would go watch i remember seeing shane douglas and he was like brand new we didn't know who he was, he was just a brand new guy doing a dark match little pink shiny undies bleach blonde mullet and he was wrestling i want to say maybe brooklyn brawler or somebody but everybody cheered him because he was the blue-eyed fish-shaken baby face like it was just an era where you cheered the good guy you booed the bad yeah. guy that's just not how it is you know i'm like i need to earn it that's why you know i think starting as a bad guy is kind of a no-brainer especially on a show star studded with sure, all sure, these of course. talented people you know so, but you but then you keep talking about the fact that you're kind of miscast but how long do you, were you miscast because like i said how long were you actually there i wasn't on tv for very long i had like a match i did a battle royal for like a money in the bank okay, thing yeah, or something that was it and that was it. And then I just did, I did a couple months worth of live shows. And even that, that was, I was really proud of, of that because, you know, I'm traveling with Adam quite a bit and he's good enough friends that he's going to tell me if something sucks or if something's good or whatever, he's not going to pull any punches. So, you know, he was giving me a lot of great advice and, and, you know, kind of keeping my head on, you know, I'm like this nameless dude on a show full of hardy boys triple h right, big show undertaker you know all these guys and then there's little old me in the middle like i'm not even curtain jerking just to get it out of the way i'm like <laughs> in the middle and so every you know every night we got a pretty good response i'd come back and the agents always seemed to be pretty happy and like i was joking with adam one night telling him like i don't know if you realize this but just because we are very good friends and you are who you are in this industry it was a really cool double whammy to get a compliment from me and he's like well oh, i didn't even think about it like that and so i wrestled in Tupelo, Mississippi against Eric Perez, who was like also there for 10 seconds, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and we had a really fun match and Steamboat was our agent and he goes, and Steamboat was like, okay, cause Arnie, I know, you know, you want to get silly whenever I'm going to let you off the leash. So here you go. So go dance like Elvis tonight and you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah. okay. So we went out and amongst all these guys, like big show and triple H and everybody we got a really good ovation and we came in the back and Steamboat's like imitating my weird swimmy body language and, and he's like, that was awesome. And then Adam's there and he's like, that was awesome. So two different guys, you know, that you respect that I respect the hell out of or, you know, give me a compliment. I was just like, sweet winner, winner, chicken dinner. And then a week later, jobless. Oh, man. So I, I really to this day, I, I couldn't tell you I have no closure on it. And I don't have any heat with WWE. Like, I'm, 
I'd go back in a drop of a dime. I think any wrestler that says yeah, otherwise course. is a big fat liar. How was that for you? Like you, know, you mentioned, like your whole life building up to this moment to get in WWE and then getting the gimmick, and now you're starting to make it work, and then getting the call that you're done. It was stupefying. I remember I was in a tattoo parlor with Angelina Love when Johnny called me and said, uh, "Yo, go, let's go." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "I don't know. I just gotta let's go." Bye. And yeah. I'm like, "Awesome." And uh, I have no idea why. So it was almost like breaking up with a girlfriend that you had no yeah, exactly. closure. Tell with. me why. Like, yeah. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. Something like, you know, I'm like, did I offend somebody? I'm like, I don't think so because I was always pretty polite. Like I was never, you know, yeah, yeah, dizzouche yeah. to anybody, but I don't think. Right. You know, that's not how I roll wrestling or just in life, mm-hmm. you know, but I have no idea why. I just know that the agents were happy. I think the only time the agents were ever annoyed and, and I think in a good way was... I mean, you know how some some of the guys are. They get out of their cars and they walk their rolly bags and they don't even look at the crowd. You know, like yeah. they're just whether they're maybe shy and pretending to be too cool for school or maybe they're dickheads. I don't know. I would always I sit there and sign stuff and take photos and be hammy with them until you know Arn or Dean or somebody be like, get in here, we got to talk about you know. Yeah, yeah, match, yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, I right, would right. always be very fan friendly. Mm, fan friendly, yeah. Yeah. So what do you what did you do? Like, is that you, you know? I mean, did you think okay? I'm finished or I now have to find another place to go. I'm just going to do my own thing. I got in a bad mood all over again. <laughs> I remember thinking like, man, I've always worked hard. I oh, mean, I'm always polite. You know, I'm kind of getting, and I, I'm not a what was me guy. So don't get wrong. What I'm about to say was like, I just felt like, you know, I kind of felt shafted that I just got punished for something I hadn't done. I didn't even know what's going on. An right. And I just thought, you know what? It's not how many times you get knocked off. It's how many times you get back on. So I just thought, okay. So I started taking bookings. Um, I think I worked for Carlos Colon like that following week. Jim Rosen was my first call uh, like that day, I think. Like he called me and was like, you want to come work for me? I'm like, yes, I do. Who was that? Jim Rose. Okay, so that'd be right. And then, uh, so I just, I kept busy and I just went back to that grind that I did as a indie guy before WWE and in mm-hmm. between TNA and WWE. And I just worked and worked and worked. And I, I did that Dynamite Death Monkeys thing, which was like kind of me doing what I wanted to do instead of like, asking all these should I could I would I mm-hmm. you know I just sort of thought the gloves were off right there and I was kind of in my piss and vinegar my polite piss and vinegar sure, yeah, mode yeah. you know so how did you start coming up with the idea of free show wrestling dynamite death monkeys was the precursor to it like what I would do is um you know as you know being a musician Tampa is like pretty heavy metal oriented death metal oriented so I was sort of notorious at that time in like you know 09 2010 ish like I would do a lot of these, I would open these concerts or be in between these acts and we would do this Dynamite Death Monkeys thing and I had two different... It's like a circus. Like a circus thing on stage, very Jim Rose-esque, but I did it very itchy and scratchy style where we would kind of blow into this very elaborate, funny, scary fight scene at the end with like weapons and the beds and nails and all the weird stuff and just funny stuff silly string and beds and nails and yeah. rabbits and chainsaws sure, and as you do, yeah. oh, you know, you know, yeah, another day at the office. The average, the and I was, I was pretty horrific like what well, there was funny stuff that i riddled throughout it to keep people sort of on their toes but i really aimed it to be pretty heavy duty because because arnie was so pg and fluffy like i remember filling those vignettes and them saying you sound too scary like lower your voice and next thing i kept on like or hire i guess hiring my mm-hmm. voice and next thing you know i'm i'm Kazarni. hi you know <laughs> you know for shizzle my nizzle you know and and so i went back to what i felt like like when dusty was helping me produced the whole Simbodi thing before Kazarni was like, he's like, okay, baby, just say some Connie at the end of your crazy evil shit and then we'll get out. And I'm like, okay. So I would, I would, I'd say like, you know, Chris, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, my, my fingers are going to run up to your throat like a bunch of itsy bitsy spiders. And then I'm going to, and then I would say something and 
Carney to close it out. And he's like, that's some creepy shit, baby. Keep it up, daddy. And I'm like, okay. And so Death Monkeys was, like, I was getting bloody from like nails and staples and beds and all this crazy stuff. And even like death metal fans were like, oh my God, this guy's like, uh, what was the, what's um Even Cannibal Corpse fans are saying this is too much. Yeah. I remember, I remember Cannibal Corpse guys would be there like doing, like cooking barbecues and stuff. The one dude was always like cooking for everybody. And all these, they're like, you're crazy, man. You know, yeah. like I remember one night I had a, a big, industrial staple stuck in my head so deep that uh one of my guys uh titan we had titan and bad seed were two actually former developmental guys as well and they i kind of showed them what to do and then we would fight at the back end and he goes to pull this thing out and he's like i'm like titan i can't get this out and i'm like kind of whispering off mic and he's like hold on ball so he grabs my head you know and he grabs a pair of pliers and just Ooh. yanks it and just Blood you know everywhere. just i just totally bukkake the front row with my forehead oh. sauce it was awesome <laughs> it was awesome it's pretty good stuff and yeah. people were just like that dude is nuts. Mm. Um, so you're trying to take this concept, this character into a whole wrestling promotion? Yeah. So we, we did it without the ring. We did it like just on stage as part of the show. And I would literally tell promoters for like the concerts, like book me like a band. I'm just playing weapons, not instruments. So mm. give me a setup time. Give me a, you know, give me a set time and give me a teardown time. And they would. And it was always really fun. We did like, we'd crap out of like Ybor City and all those places. I was like this notorious, right, right. You know, whatever. So wrestling, like TNA wasn't panning out, WWE wasn't panning out. So I was married to Stacy Carter at the time, and we decided you were married to her. I didn't know that. Yeah, me and Jerry Lawler, Eskimo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you guys were married. I yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we were both kind of frustrated, and and again, Jim Rose came a call in again. It was just like, man, Vegas is built for you. It was like, you're nuts. Vegas is nuts. It'll be a sweet marriage. So we went out there. And then Freaks of Wrestling was born. That's where we, you know, we found a local promotion to kind of like work with and whatever. And so I kind of kept the acronym the same. They actually, you did the the intro for their show yesterday, I believe. Oh, or, is that is that free? It was that no, that was FSW, which is Future Stars of Wrestling. Yeah. So it was a really nice Vegas show, really good show. And so when I first moved to town, they had FSW. So we sort of agreed that you know we would try to you know keep it under one I banner. See, so yeah. I came up with Freak Show Wrestling, right, right, right. which I wasn't even uh, same like Sin, same like you know all that. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the name. It yeah. just that was just what it was, you know. Um, and so we did that, and then we kind of went our separate ways. And then you know, me and and Joe DeFalco, the guy that owns FSW, um, we were always sort of on the same page, not on the same page, on the same page, not on the same page. So. Um, now we're sort of getting back on the same page, so we'll see what's. Uh... But so it's funny because, I, like I said, when um, I remember seeing a show years ago in LA, it was called Lucha Vavoom. Yeah, and it was a show where like it's like it's just a, a spectacle. Right? Sure, it's a wrestling show, but Lucha it's dipped in acid and burlesque. Yes, and there's all these crazy characters sure. and sort of stuff, and that's kind of what freak show wrestling is. So let's sure. that when I had Corey on, he was telling me he had just seen it. And he was sure. talking about. Frank and Chicken, he's a bad mother clucker. Uh, <laughs> yes. But you're talking about, and I yes. like, there's like the ghost of Michael Jackson versus the ghost of Whitney Houston. Like, yes. tell me, like, some of, like, give me a list of roster, the roster of freak show wrestling that you've had over the years. So we've had uh, Black Annie, Gadolf Hitler. That was, uh, Gadolf Hitler was possibly my funnest creation. I had that written in the back of my head for years. I'm like, who could I saddle with this gimmick? Like, you know, like, <laughs> You know, that's like, you know, albatrossing somebody with Kazarni or something. Uh, it's like a gay Kazarni. It's right. It's a Kazarni. And I, there was this comedian who did uh, Mime Freak on my show, who's a really funny, shameless comedian. And I just thought, I had this idea. I'm like, do you think you could do this? And I explained it to him. And he was just like, yes. 
<laughs> and he saw his wheels turning. I'm like, okay, this guy's so got some Does it matter balls. if these guys can even wrestle or you just have them go No, some of them could wrestle. Some of them can't wrestle. Some of them would be just characters just, right. you know, at the show doing stuff. Like Scorch the Clown is a big fire-breathing clown. He doesn't wrestle. He would just do funny stuff or scary stuff or whatever. And okay, so Scorch the Clown, Gadolf Hitler. Stacia was our Sin City strong woman. A lot of these people were like literally in Guinness World Records. Like Stacia is in Guinness World Records for like all sorts of like pain, endurance, and so forth. Like, you know, I've got some Guinness stuff under my belt. A lot of those guys like um, swings the swing shift sideshow was guests always on my show and they're like in Guinness a million times. Which over. Guinness do you have? I'm tied for figure that out. I'm tied for uh, most watermelons uh, cut in half on a human naked belly with a ninja sword. <laughs> 47 in a row in a, in a minute. Yeah. Who's who's doing the cutting? I was doing the cutting and whose stomach were you hitting? Uh, first, I did it Your with lovely assistant. Uh, yeah, not so lovely assistant. I did it with Techno Destructo from Guar. <laughs> so that was pretty sweet. And Masumi Max was like my my melon handler. Of it was, I thought it was apropos. And then uh, we came back the next year, and I did it with uh, my girl at the time, who was like the Cirque du Soleil, you know, gotcha, high flying, crazy, yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. girl. And it was uh, Mindy Robinson and Masumi Max were my dual melon handlers. <laughs> so we, yeah, we were right there, and. and it, I know. I think it almost speaks to my Kazarni thing because I hit like more than I don't know. I want to say like I did like fifty nine, but they disqualified a bunch because like you know some of them were like you know quarter inch left. I'm like, so you okay? I'm just trying not to like kill a human being, yeah, exactly. you know. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll take the tie shirt. Sure, so and, and give me some other names of uh, the roster. Oh man, we had Ghost of Macho Man on there. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Wow, dude. And I I had him tag with Jake one night, and Jake's like, brother, that's he's really good. Like that's creepy, bro. You know, <laughs> I mean, the guy looks and moves and the same size and everything you know it was really cool um i had guy oh geez there's so many um i like boogeyman and gangrel and all the you know chavo yeah, and all these guys indie, indie guys yeah but uh, sage I, supreme is a girl who's uh she's like the daughter of this la hardcore legend and she wears like this pumpkin paint and she's a um a really good wrestler good up-and-coming girl um shelly martinez and she always do the creepy yeah. stuff she was regular leroy patterson uh he's also like a human dartboard tack board kind of a guy he's on like guinness world records america's got talent and he would dress up like a zach galifianakis impersonator and he would have the baby and we you know he like would like hangover baby yeah and he would like plancha the baby over the top ropes and the guys would take the bump off of it and <laughs> So a lot it was weird like you know the characters a lot of the times were like spoof characters and, and what people don't realize about freak show is like funny and as scary and as sexy and as right, crazy right, right. as it yeah. was was like it, it's a farce freak well, show that's is the thing yeah it's 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 it almost is like something you would see like on uh, a trauma movie totally like a lloyd kaufman type of a thing well but i what i would do is i would take things that i don't like about pro wrestling uh -huh. and then i would totally you know dig at it there like i can't stand seeing like guys almost like like they're singing kumbaya standing next to each other waiting for a dive right, right, they just fight right. each yeah, other yeah, and then yeah, fight yeah, each yeah. other until somebody lands on you you you'll, you know it's coming you yeah, know sure when the when the, you can telegraph that there's going to be a right dive, yeah. so i would literally have guys literally outside holding hands singing kumbaya waiting for a baby to dive on them <laughs> so just uh, just everything I, I thought was ridiculous about wrestling but i just love like like when you had like for example the one that really intrigued me and when you had the ghost of of, of Whitney Houston, right? Versus the that made it to TMZ, that, and that's yeah. there's a lot of that sort of stuff that you have yeah. on there. Like, and are, what do you do? are you actually having matches, or does it? There's matches and segments. Like we would do stuff like I I had one of uh, a local guy from LA dress up as me, and we did like an inner demons match. So it was me versus me. Okay, Kevin Sullivan was like the guest forever. He, he even his mind was but he's like he's like kid. This is like the craziest. This is the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. <laughs> That's good, yeah. And uh, it's stuff like that. We'd have um, 
uh, Michael Jackson knife fights. Like we'd tape each other, hands to each other, and we instead of having like little switchblades, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'd play beat it in the in the background. We'd have machetes, and <laughs> I'm just looking at your roster here. Oh yeah, so it's mostly the, the, there's a lot of creepy looking characters and stuff. But but uh, Black Annie, that's a good Black Annie. Funny Bone was has been my. I, I kind of went into the, the Bruno Sammartino route, and there's only been one champion at Freak Show Wrestling for the years that it's been on is uh, Funny Bone. It's Funny Bone, super talented dude. He was. Uh, I think again, you know, even with me not realizing, like you know, I got to train with a lot of cool, really reputable dudes, and uh, Funny Bone. I think when you see an overly, you know, flamboyant character, you think, well, maybe he can't work or something. Maybe he's, you know, whatever. But he was trained by Nick Bockwinkle. He was like the last guy, sort of like how oh, wow. Tyson Kidd was kind of like last guy, kind of out of the dungeon, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like Bo he was out of Bockwinkle's camp. And he's very good. He can get it done on the mat, up in the air, and trade cool. knuckle sandwiches. You got, uh, Andrea the Giant. Andrea the Giant. She is awesome. Um, Go ahead. Serial man. Serial man. So good. Gadolf Hitler. Gadolf Hitler. Uh, uh, that's the guy. One Leroy Wolfpack. That's yes, your, uh, that is the Zach Leroy Patterson. The Zach Here's Alfonso. the one. Drugs Bunny. Drugs Bunny is phenomenal. <laughs> I love him. He's, what does he do? Uh, he, uh, oh, he comes out and he kind of throws a bunch of cocaine in his face and just, you know, revs up and tears into everybody. And he's got the, the you know, the bunny ears and the, he's like, looks like a half man, half rabbit kind of thing. And, and it's, it's funny that you bring up uh, Drugs Bunny and, and guys like Nurse Ratchet is another one. That character is so creepy and she is so talented. Like she could literally like walk the top ropes from buckle to buckle and she's doing it in high heels and then jumps off and hurricane rana somebody and wow. just crazy stuff. And um but some of those characters are um regulars on a cousin show to mine called Hood Slam. And they do their show in Oakland, which is very, you know, punk rock oriented yeah. thing. So Hood Slam the difference between Hood Slam and Freak Show is Hood Slam is more pot and video games and Freak Show is more, you know, kind of violence and, and uh variety show of sorts. So we're gonna do uh this summer we're gonna do Hood Slam versus Freak Show in Vegas. See, that's great. This is the one I forgot. That's why I want to look this up. Clown Vis. Clown Vis. Clown Vis is awesome. Is he evil clown or a clown Elvis? Yes. Clown Vis. So okay, so he here's his story is he did America I wanna say no, American Idol, whichever it was where uh what was it where um, Sharon Osbourne was one of the judges? Uh, Mandela, there you go. Yeah. So they asked him, I guess, to sing Old MacDonald Had a Farm because they wanted a copyright safe song or yeah. whatever. So he's playing ball. He's like, okay. So as soon as he gets out there, he realized very quickly they start buzzing him and he gets thrown to the wolves because they're like, why would you pick that song? You know, and whatever. And so he starts, he turns heel. You know, he figures, he's like, he's like, I know I'm getting railroaded. I better just, you know, yeah. better to be railroaded as a bad guy and look like you're asking That's for right. it. You know, so he starts, I don't know, cracking on Sharon about Ozzy or whatever and she gets hot and starts cussing him out and he put it over like a bad guy you know and he's backpedaling and all this stuff and it was funny and whatever and then he did like bits on his shows where like he would have like you know a Sharon Osbourne sort of really bad Sharon oh, his Osbourne shows was he a comedian is he yeah he's a stand-up okay. comedian a singer he actually could sing like Elvis like he sounds really good gotcha he'll just sing really dumb songs as Elvis, Elvis kind of yeah. a thing and so he would have like this really bad Sharon Osbourne impersonator, like kind of call up on the on the loudspeakers, like clown miss, <laughs> and just heal on him. And it's great though, like like you know, Stink Floyd is is Stink there. Floyd's another uh, dude. There's so many. The wrestler. Here's a good one. Sing, and it's a guy dressed in Sting makeup doing like a Elias Sampson guitar thing. So sing. him, so St Sing is. Uh, uh, a really cool comedian in Vegas. Oh, I saw him just doing a set in a t-shirt and jeans on a burlesque show. And I just, my wheels were always turning. I'm like, hey, would you want to do Freak Show and we'll doll you up like Sting? And he's like, uh, yes, I would. And so it got over and we brought him back a few times. He'd come out and sing like ridiculous stuff. Sing. He would sing, you know. 
And then uh, Depressler, that was a really fun one. Uh, so we saddled this dude in this, you know, he come out all moping, kind of like Eeyore, you know. <laughs> and and he, you know, he'd set up the, the good guy, like, in the middle of the ring. He's going to jump to the top rope and do something. And the good guy would move. And he'd be like, oh, you know. And everybody, he'd just kind of mope. And then he'd go to the edge of the apron like he's going to jump, like, off. Like, he's going to, you know. Yeah. Everybody's like, jump, jump, jump. And he'd pull out a gun like he's going to, like, do himself in. Because jump, he, <laughs> jump. Uh, you got uh, Jonald Trump. Jonald Trump, phenomenal. I actually, it's in the can. It's uh, I'm still kind of editing it as we speak. But I just did, a like, a close set at our studio. We got the snake pit there in, in Vegas and I wrestled Donald Trump and it's completely ridiculous and of course you know why wouldn't it of course, yeah, of course it's, it's gotta be Donald Trump right and uh he was he was uh doing all these funny bits and then when Donald Trump actually got you know the presidency this comedian was really upset he's like man it's not funny anymore <laughs> I'm like why you're locked into a gig for at least another four years bro what are you worried about <laughs> it always reminds me of that uh, Eddie Murphy bit where it's like uh when Jesse Jackson Run for president. Right. Yeah, I voted for Jesse Jackson. <laughs> he fucking won. What? Yeah, yeah, that's the deal. And there's another one. God oh, uh, is is signed to Freak Show Wrestling. God and Satan. And he looks angry. He's uh, giving you the finger. In Brother, this one. God and Satan have unleashed wasps and whoopee cushions and you name it. I've, you have God versus Satan. I've had God versus Satan. I've had. They've they've made multiple appearances, dude. I know people. <laughs> you know God. <laughs> so are these guys? And then, then just one more last one. Gorgeous Gary Galaxy, which. Uh, deserves a mention uh, sure but when you're having like god versus satan once again like is there that many independent guys in vegas where you can actually put on a match or is it just friends or is it guy like i'm assuming that god versus uh, uh satan doesn't have to be a five-star match my answer to all of everything you just said is yes <laughs> uh yeah there's there's some there's some really good workers in vegas and you know between California and Arizona and where have you. Um, and you Utah. can pad the show with your John Morrison's. Totally. And guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes the greener workers that are maybe more of a, like a legit comedian, but a green worker like Donald Trump is a wrestler, you know, a very green wrestler and with limited experience. He's been around for a couple of years, but just, just dabbled in it where he's a proper, like he's a voice actor. He's a comedian and so forth or techno destructo, you know, yeah, yeah. that's the dude, one of the creators of Guar, you know, I mean, he's a stage right. savvy performer, just kind of a slightly green wrestler only just, that's just how it is, you know? So I would just be very Paul Heyman in the sense of how to book these guys to, to, to make them look good, yeah. you know? And again, just over the years, like I started out, I was awful. I just really tried to learn how to, up my strengths and diminish my weaknesses and you know so, so for freak show wrestling how often do you run shows i have run up to five shows a month i run bi-monthly shows now i'm just gonna do just big giant extravaganza shows so we've got this freak show versus hood slam coming up this summer and we're just working on all the details right now and i think again freak show is very vegas savvy like vegas underground like all the fans are like oh geez okay that's where the nuts come out yeah so uh where do you guys run at uh fremont country club it's a really awesome venue right downtown vegas um they host a lot of uh cool bands they just did they just had icp there they've had um, you name it they've had everybody they had guar there not too long ago what kind of crowds do you draw packed crazy nutty crowds that are sort of they're sort of half i think hipster and half wrestling fans where the wrestling fans just want to see what crazy thing i'm going to make you know a celebrity wrestler do like you can see you know all these guys and they're all wonderful performers but you can see them on these shows wherever across the planet but now you get to see them do something they're not ever going to do probably and ever again you know they all run out there they all giggle like they're like man i must really like you to, to do this and then they come out and then they have a great time they're like can i can i come back <laughs> uh like morrison i had i had chavo he wrestled the invisible man 
you know, that was pretty sweet. Really? So he's basically wrestling himself. Yeah. We so had what it. do you say to him? Like, do you call him with this idea? Yeah. Some of the, I should, I should really like record a lot of these phone calls. Like you want me to do what? <laughs> uh, Morrison dressing up as Jesus wrestling Santa Claus. Oh, okay. dude, he killed it. He was awesome. I was, I was wondering I'll... if he was going to be God's tag team partner. He came out and we gave him like Mar Mother Mary and then Ma Mary Magdalene kind of ran in a little bit late. Like, why did you come to the ring already? Blah, 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 blah. You know, well, you're, you're always bringing your mom. He's like, my mother's always on time, bitch. And all this stuff. And so it was pretty ridiculous. And it was cool, too, because I, I had a lot of extras that were like, you know, green guys or students as, as elves and apostles. So they kind of get to hear Morrison sort of like uh, hear me and him talking about like, this is what I, I want you to kind of fit this and this in. And then so John would agent it out. So he's getting delegating these elves and apostles that who have no business being in there with him. Right, so right. they're getting kind of like a really awesome field trip is this um something that that could only work in vegas or have you ever thought about taking it on tour i think it's actually really hard to do it in vegas because i'm not so worried about other wrestling shows like out of just being played and work trying to work with other shows i wouldn't you know do a show on the same day on purpose or anything but when you've got britney spears and blue man group and Good chris job. angel yeah, and fozzy yeah, yeah. Well, all these things well, that's the thing like we sold out last night but i was worried at first because you're like there's so much stuff going on right you really have to commit if you, you want to hustle show out here you yeah. gotta you gotta be a hustler you gotta you know put flyers up here and you gotta like it i always would bark at my guys like i call it poop sting just multitask like 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 share 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 while you're dropping the kids off at the pool like multitask like, <laughs> yeah what else you got better to do yeah you know? yeah, yeah and um yeah just uh have you thought about taking it on tour yeah i've had a lot of requests to get it out of the state where i think like you know just like you know wrestling shows have always notoriously been awesome for like b markets like Ice capades and wrestling, you know, Big Bird on Ice, like yeah, yeah. in a little little town, and that's what there is. And one newspaper ad, one radio commercial, and the whole town knows you're there. Versus, you know, here or even across the street in L.A., like you could spend a million dollars on advertising and never know you were there. Yeah. So Vegas is kind of, sort of, almost like that, but it just, I think there's over 300 shows on any given night here. Yeah. So I mean, just that is a thin spread, and then all the fans that are out and about that are coming in from you know Kentucky, Michigan, wherever magically figuring out how to advertise to all of them is sort of needle in a haystack stuff so you really have to be very clever about how you advertise and we do a lot like every kind of promotion you could think of again i just hustle 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 mm -hmm. just trying to you know. do you still work uh into indies as Sinbodi too yeah i um that's another reason why i thought just to build freak show as an extravaganza so people could look forward to it gives me time like i can wrestle for different promoters every night of the week like i'm mechanically in good you know, working shape. I mean, I never looked like Bundy and I never looked like Rick Rude, but I, I'm put <laughs> together safely and I can I can work every night. Yeah. But putting on a show, as, hard, as you know, yeah. is hard. It just takes, you know, takes out of your pocketbook, takes out of your soul, takes out of everything that you're doing. Whereas if I could just show up and be talent, like, oh, I'm a good guy, I'm a bad guy, I'm yeah. wrestling this guy, I'm 20 minutes later, get your money and go home. Done. Yeah. I can do that in my sleep and I love it. So I just thought, especially like this year, I really had a long talk with my um uh, I guess I'm, I'm living in sin. Is that like, pardon the pun or whatever, but I have a, like a non wifey wife who, uh, Karen, hi, Karen, I love you, Karen. Karen, all right. Don't Shout kill, out. Don't, don't kill me, Karen. Love you. <laughs> She's like the chicken hawk to my foghorn leghorn. Like she has, <laughs> she always is defending me, always has my back. And um, so we just really discussed and like saying, like, okay, well, I'm not old, but I'm not young. So I should really like take some time and focus on having some fun and going and doing some bookings, just enjoying what I want to do. Right. And because I can, I can book freak show as a 60 year old man, if I mm -hmm. had to, or I sure. could draw, or I could do tattoos, or I can write comic books when I'm old and rickety, but you know, how many years can I wrestle? And again, I'm still knock on wood and good mm -hmm. working shape, but you know, why not have some fun and be on the road? Like that's what I've always done. So I make sure to put a healthy time into booking. So it seems pretty like 
you could do this on the road because it is very like I would go see I wouldn't go see you know just random indie promotion sure. not, no that's just not my thing but I would sure. go to this show sure for the same reason why Corey was just espousing because it's <laughs> Thanks, so Corey. fun to see like just all the different ideas and gimmicks and characters knowing that it's not going to be like we mentioned a five-star match but it's going to be a lot of fun well and too like some guys will have a really awesome match but then gotcha. some guys are having these really like on purpose like you know, or we've set it up to be you know like i mean i would put in let's say scorch the fire breathing clown who's got this big old darby on him it looks like he's pregnant 10 times over funny he's the funniest and scariest guy all at the same time and then stacia who is um a legit strong woman and guinness world records and we would have them in a tug of war contest with a we put like a little kiddie pool like a turtle pool in the middle of the ring and we set up this we put this giant white uh great white shark fin in it and we we rigged it up to like a little remote control car so it was like spinning around the, <laughs> the thing we had it all like laced with like this kind of like blood stuff and so when stacia yanked the clown and he face bumps into this stuff and then he starts squirming around like rolling around with like this shark fin you know he's just flopping and blood's flying everywhere and people are <laughs> laughing their asses off yeah or, you know so there's just there's segments as much as matches mm -hmm. and those are actually harder to produce because you know i could just say okay uh Chris, uh, you're wrestling uh, Hurricane tonight. You're the good guy. You go over, done. Yeah, you guys are right. you can go do it with your sleep. Yeah. Where this is like, okay, tonight, Chris, you're going to be the monkey. Uh, Shane, you're going to be the uh, banana. I need lots of slipping on the banana peels. <laughs> I need humping the aprons. I need you to climb up, you know, grab the valet and climb up the apron and yeah, do yeah. the Feyre thing from the top rope and we'll throw paper airplanes at you and you can take a bump. You know, Have you had that? Yes. And Andrea the Giant did that. Andrea the Giant? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She got she got scared, went up to the top rope with the, with the valet on her shoulder and the monkey or the banana sorry the banana threw paper airplanes at her until she took a bump off of the top there <laughs> pretty good stuff yeah. oh that's great man yeah. last couple of questions what's your favorite uh your favorite gimmick that you've had in uh, freak show wrestling oh boy i would definitely have to say gadolf hitler because he was supposed to be a one-off like i remember when i put that cartoon picture on the poster because i didn't want to even show what he was going to look like he didn't even really look like hitler so I, I had like a parody of, you know, where Superman's holding Supergirl in the comic books, you know, she's like dead or whatever. So we did that and it's Gadoff holding um, Sage, this uh, pumpkin girl from LA. Yeah. And people are like messaging me like, man, do you think you're going too far with this one? I'm like, no, I, I, I can, got it in my head. I know what's going to happen. This is going to be awesome. Trust me. And all the workers, they, you know, I'm super humbled by like, they would all follow me into battle. Like whatever crazy ideas I had, they were all like, let's go, it's, dude, yeah. let's do it. And so he came out and he was going to be just a one-off, one-time bad guy. He got over so well. He just turned into like freak shows, like number one babyface and been on every show ever since. <laughs> like he would, he, he's very like method actor where he, cause he's a comedian and a wrestler and he would get into this character and like, I'm it was just the weirdest thing. Like once he was in it and like, oh, I had Boogeyman on that show and Crime Time and like Ezekiel Jackson, all these big brothers. All the brothers were like, I want to wrestle the, the gay Nazi. I'm like, I'm like, I wouldn't have thunk it, you know? But everybody's like, when can I, you know, when can I wrestle Gadoff? When can I wrestle Gadoff? I had Dr. Tom come on the show, and he, before he flew in, he's like, got a couple questions for you, man. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, do I get to wrestle an octopus, and do I get to wrestle Gadoff Hitler? Oh, yeah, by the way, we have an octopus on the roster. Okay. Big, giant Leviathan-y octopus. And, uh, and I'm like, well, you're going to tag with the octopus. And yes, you will wrestle Gadolf Hitler. He's like, that's all I need to know. I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the most controversial, quote unquote, Gadolf Hitler? Yeah, but when people see him and then they get... Yeah. what's going on like but i mean when you see like you know the the ghost of whitney houston like right. two weeks after she dies right that's kind of a i think like, I, t I didn't time it that 
ill. I think I think she had okay, powdered she for a while. For a I while. think I think it was yeah. It was I think it was comedically the right time to <laughs> to slide it on in there and capitalize on on that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some pretty raunchy times at Free Show. There's been some pretty silly times, some pretty cool times. You know, like it's weird. Like there's been baby legit babies made at Freak Show Wrestling. I mean, there's like families of like you know people got married and you know had kids or relationships and friendships have been facilitated. I mean, that to me, that was just like as a kind of a hippie artsy-ish guy. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like babies have spawned out of Freak Show Wrestling. Yes. Like, not just the one we throw through the air either. <laughs> Last question: What was your favorite match that you ever had? Oh boy! Oh man! That's a really good question. One that stands up. Oh geez, uh, I would have to say I'm gonna put over Gangrel and say you know staring across from that scary ass vampire with your wrist taped and holding machetes while Beat It is playing and the vampires playing ball with you. I mean, a, a Michael Jackson knife fight with Gangrel. I would have to say now it wasn't my most scientific match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think. Uh, I would. I think I would have to say the Michael Jackson knife fight with Gangrel. That's great, man. Thanks, Vampire Warrior. <laughs> what a great thing, man. I'm excited. Next time I come to Vegas when there's a freak show wrestling show, I want to come check it out. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, yeah. I'll wear a lucha mask. Hell yeah. No, I mean, and right now what we're doing is we film a lot of like close set stuff. Like we have the snake pit down the street. I'll, I'll shameless plug. It's me and Jake, the snake, and D'Lo. That's your, uh, your our your wrestling school training school. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So at, at night we have the, the snake pit, and then by day it's Fantasy Slam, which is for fans to come and, you know, kind of be like Billy Crystal and City Slickers. like Yeah, it's funny. Bubba Ray Dudley and I were talking about that because, you know, you have the uh, rock and roll fantasy camp. So you do that right. with, with yeah. dude, what's the liability on that? Um, I, I snuck some of the performance center liability stuff, so I'm pretty airtight. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but uh, on, honestly, it has been it's been really cool, like bringing in guys that there's like scared, you know, like I'm like, look, we're here to have a good time. Again, this is something I wouldn't have even done like, you know, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I think I probably would have got blackballed for this idea 10 years ago. Same, sure. same with Freak Show Wrestling. I wouldn't have done that 10 years ago either. But I think I've got the disposition to be, you know, I'm very patient. I try to be, you know, playful and I, I want people to like enjoy themselves. Like my mom was a school teacher and she always would teach me like, you know, she taught like really bad kids, like, you know, miscreant kids. And she's like, look, these kids have to learn the same piece of info, maybe 20 different ways. Right. So I was always taught like, you know, communicate and be creative and kind and, and so forth. So I would have to show these guys like that are not wrestlers. You know, we would joke and put on the flyer, like well, not joke, but basically kind of put over like 18 to 81. Like you do mm -hmm. not need any athletic. Anyone in between. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're Mr. Burns, like Smithers, break something. Like, <laughs> you want to just teak up me in a wrist lock and I'll sell it all day long for you. And you can film it and it's in the can and you get to show it to your family and friends and you look like a million bucks. And I was uh, telling a couple people like, I just had a match with a deaf guy the other day. Mm. Like he came in, did the can, did the, like, it was like, a, we do these half day camps. So he came in and even he was like, I, the only reason I agreed to do it was like, he's like, I saw it. I loved it. I wanted to do it, but I just thought I couldn't do it. And then he saw the video that we put up where we, I wrestled like an autistic guy like the mm. week before or a couple or a couple weeks before or whatever. And autistic people do not like to be touched. Mm. That's just how it is. So this guy was a big wrestling fan. He came in all the way from England to do this. And I had to communicate with this guy very quickly assess what he could you know do and how to communicate with him and his mom like this was just a young guy he looked you know as it came in with his mom he's maybe 24 or something and she was like you got more out of out of him in two and a half hours than like therapists having like two years like not that i'm mary poppins no, no, or no, anything but, still, but it was something that he enjoyed to do yeah, yeah and he was like that was my best day ever i'm like i was responsible for some kid's best day ever like i'll take that you know like right exactly like that was awesome like yeah it wasn't you know it wasn't aj versus finn balor 
but well, it was yeah, sure, I sure, facilitated sure. a smile on, on somebody that they're going to take home forever. Like, yeah, yeah, I exactly. think that's a pretty badass feeling. Yeah, you know, like, sure. I like to joke and stuff, but that's as as awesomely corny as that's the best kind of thing. So maybe I might even have to trump Gangrel's Michael Jackson night <laughs> fight with uh, wrestling uh, <laughs> the Drew the Wild Tiger from uh, England. <laughs> there you go. Well, dude, it's good talking to you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, brother. Thanks, brother. <laughs> All right, thanks to Sin Bodhi. Remember, Freak Show Wrestling's big Freak Slam event is happening in Las Vegas Saturday, June 23rd at the Fremont Country Club. Get your tickets now at freakshowwrestling.com. They're only $21.83. That's right. Go find out for yourself why this is Corey Taylor's favorite wrestling company. Maybe Frank and Chicken will be there. I'm looking for a big uh, rematch of the Ghost of Whitney Houston versus the Ghost of Michael Jackson. Uh, Corey's going to love that one. And Corey's also going to love rocking on Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling Razor at Sea. He joined the lineup. He's going to be performing and hanging out on the cruise ship with all of you. And remember, for as low as $150, bucks, you can hold your cabin at chrisjerichocruise.com. They are going fast, so they're on the way to sell out but remember once you book your cabin everything is included okay all the concerts comedy shows live podcasts meet and greets autograph signings even your food the only things you pay for on the ship are alcohol and gambling and you'll be able to hang out and mingle and go see all the shows with other 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 fine fine hall of fame talent jim ross jerry lawler so calval ray mysterio the keeping it 100 crew conan disco inferno and shane helms Pat Patterson is going to be leaving, leading karaoke night. Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa doing the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Mick Foley, Noel Foley, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Raven is going to be there. Beyond the Darkness, Tim and uh, Dave will be scaring your pants off. Paul Lazenby, Don Callis doing Killing the Town. Talking about hilarious stuff. Brad Williams, Craig Gass, Ron Funches, Sal and Q from the Impractical Jokers keep you laughing. Corey Taylor of Slipknot will be performing. Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Fozzie, King, The Stir, the Dave Spivak Project is going to be there. See his new video, Get Out of My House, online now. The Cherry Bombs, the Darlings of Rock and Roll, the greatest female ACDC tribute band in the world, Shoot to Thrill, is going to be there. Blizzard of Ozzy, world's best uh, Ozzy cover band. Dave LaGreca and Busted Open is going to be there. And, of course, Ring of Honor presenting the Sea of Honor Tournament aboard the ship. Matches happening in the middle of the ocean. And the winner of the Sea of Honor Tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship shot in the future. You will see Kenny Omega perform. The Young Bucks are going to be there. Marty Skrull, Adam Page, Cody Rhodes. They just sold out uh, the Sears Center in Chicago all in uh, for less than 30 minutes. They're all going to be in the cruise. The Briscoe Brothers, Dalton Castle, Frankie Gazarian, Christopher Daniels, Jay Lethal, Cheeseburger, Mandy Leon, Kelly Klein, Brandy Rhodes, Matt Taven, Flip Gordon, Delirious, Kenny King, Silas Young, the Beer City Bruiser, Matt Taven. I said that one already. The dogs are going to be there so many great rock and rollers are going to be on that uh, on that uh, boat as well and also don't forget about the next leg of the judas rising tour uh, we're going out with uh, adelita's way and stone broken and the stir of course i'm talking about fozzy we start off august 24th in atlanta we go to birmingham alabama huntsville alabama uh, clarksville tennessee take the last train to clarksville little rock joliet illinois omaha des moines minneapolis fargo st louis indianapolis Fort Wayne, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati, Louisville, Charlotte, North Carolina, Jacksonville, North Carolina, Huntington, West Virginia, Greenville, South Carolina, Savannah, Lake Buena Vista, that's the House of Blues in Orlando, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale. More gigs to be added. Go to FozzyRock.com for all information and all VIP packages. You're going to want to see that one. Uh, we play a concert just for you, a mini concert just for the VIPs. Lots of rock and roll going on and even more this Friday coming up.
Five Finger Death Punch will be here talking about the new album and Justice for None. Guitar player Jason Hook and drummer Jeremy Spencer are like a wacky comedy duo. They're going to talk about how they ended up in Five Finger. Jason was playing with Alice Cooper. I think uh, Jeremy was playing with Bullet Boys or Wasp or something. They're talking about that. Talking about Jason's killer documentary, Hired Guns, which you can see on Netflix. And of course, the return of Five Finger Death Punch and their new album. So much to talk about on Friday. We will be here. We'll see you then. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hope. And a big yeah boy. Franken chicken is a real mother clucker. Franken chicken. Ow, ow. Franken chicken is a real mother clucker. Franken chicken. Ow, ow. Aye.